It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Oh yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're celebrating, Mike, the WGA strike ending in good terms Woo! for everybody, right? We, they, Confetti, the hoppers, people got what they sparklers. Want. Yes, yes. Uh, they, they came to the senses. We'll talk about what that means a little bit. Maybe not the finer details, but some, some, some good things coming out of this. Marvel is doubling down on their animation offerings. Mm-hmm. What does this even mean? We'll tell you more. James Gunn is revealing his DCEU carryovers and more. So, yeah, we are, we, we are, I mean, I know this is less new every week that it goes on, but like yes. I was just telling Chris, are we even podcasters anymore? Or are we like live streamers Ooh. now? Yeah, that's a <laughs> the good only question. thing that, like the only thing that stopped us from transitioning uh, was just like, I mean, I know you're doing a lot behind the scenes, Chris, but to yeah. me, it's just like you just clicked one button that said live stream. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, that was the only difference. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how it goes uh, this week. But I feel like uh, we need to be like checking for like emojis in mm-hmm. the chat. Do we need to uh, be like throw? I, people are always like throwing letters. They like drop me like a, a P in the chat or something like that. Yeah. Or, drop me like an L or yeah. I guess L would be. I would say, I would say so you, don't do that. We had a really good uh, you know experience last week when someone was like, hey, uh, I can't hear the guy in the blue shirt. And that's because when we do spoiler reviews, we use different audio capture system than the other, like they're different scenes. So that there was someone who was able to tell me that and I was able to catch up to it. So that was really plus, but absolutely. And, you know, um, that, I, I think, you know, it, we're technically live streaming right now. So hopefully we, we don't, I don't see any viewers in here yet, but that doesn't mean you guys won't catch up to it, but it is fun. Uh, it's very fun. <laughs> well, that's because we do absolutely no promotion and have set no expectations of when we start yeah. the live stream at all. So this is just more gives Chris a nice little break when it comes to uploading the video to YouTube because it's technically like uploading right now. We're oh, getting yeah. it to you right to your ears right now. And on top of all of that, Chris has four beautifully vibrating wisdom teeth in his mouth, which I only find funny because I somewhat recently had uh, mine removed as well. So I feel like yeah. I'm, I'm like sympathizing a little bit with adult wisdom teeth as I'm calling it. Oh yeah, thank you. No, I, I'm in I'm in horrible pain right now, people. Like just just to, just to cut through the butter here. Mike Mike is laughing at my pain, and and this is yep. this is this is our friendship though. It's fine. I would laugh at his, he would laugh at mine. But yeah, I have some some wisdom teeth movement happening, and you know you're fine, and you're fine, and you're like oh, and then one day it happens, and you have so much pain, you're like I miss when my teeth didn't hurt when I was just sitting <laughs> still. Uh, it's like whenever you have like a runny nose or like a cough or sore throat, right? You're like, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, I took for granted all the times things were just normal. <laughs> and, um, well, it hasn't stopped me from eating or drinking anything. If I just sit still for too long uh, without medication, it, it will come through and it does, it does hurt a little bit. So I, I am, I'm here. I'm bringing my energy. Um, I'm having uh, hot flashes from this mic cause it's just like, woof buddy, but we're having a good time and we're here to do this podcast with well, us. But Chris, yeah. I'll, I'll offer you uh, this one word of advice, one movie that you absolutely should not be watching with achy wisdom teeth. And I know you would never normally watch this movie. So this is kind of a moot point, but maybe the list, 
listeners out there will appreciate this. Uh, you can go ahead and skip my big fat Greek wedding three out there, folks. And you might be what? Asking, oh my god, I was oh, so yeah. ready to watch that later tonight as a comfort <laughs> film. Now, if I, I'll give a little bit of context. So the first, my big fat Greek wedding was one of those like smash kind of like. I don't know necessarily if I'd call it an indie hit, but it was a movie with an incredibly low budget and made a ton of money. It was like an absolute like phenomenon. It got people out of the house and to the theaters multiple times to watch these wacky Greek kind of archetypes on screen. And uh, it's a guilty pleasure in our household. You know, if you like just kind of like rom-coms in general, definitely fits into that. Uh, They made a sequel, obviously, because, you know, if you make a ton of money off a movie, uh, you're going to go ahead and make a sequel. And it was it was just more of the same. A lot of like silliness, not as good as the first one. Joey Fatone is in it. Mm -hmm. If you're a Backstreet Boys fan, I guess you got to watch it to be a completionist. Boy, I tell you what, um, Backstreet Boys fans would punch you in the face because I'm pretty sure that's (laughs) NSYNC. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Wait, no. <laughs> yeah, he's is in it? sync. Yeah, he was just in the Joey. hot ones in sync one. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, okay. Well, either way, it makes him even more relevant. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so they went ahead and made a third one that just came out recently. I don't know what the impetus was here. I don't know. Maybe it was delayed more than it had to be due to COVID. But, ooh, it's a stinker. It is all over the place. I mean, lucky enough, you have some of, like, the cartoonish family members around that are doing wacky goofy stuff but like the story is just incoherent like i've talked about on the podcast before about how i'm relatively immune to like bad acting and bad editing it's like for some reason my brain just like doesn't pick up on it and it has to be like really egregious for me to notice like hey something's really going wrong here and it's really the it is all over the place you're you're in one scene one second you're in a totally different the next you don't know when you got there you're you're slinging back to the next one you don't know where you are so uh chris let me uh just just avoid this one well uh, you'll be fine we haven't used this in a while so i pulled up the numbers mike to see to check Big Fat Greek Wedding. Ooh, the, I didn't even look at the box the office for this one. Okay, so the first one came out in 2002. Uh-huh. Okay, we're 21 years ago. Uh, worldwide gross, $375 million. Ooh, and I the budget on that one had to have Two, been 2002, nothing. that's good money. That is yeah. good money. Um, 14 years later was Big Fat Greek Wedding 2 in 2016. Uh, worldwide mm-hmm. gross of $92 million. Yeah, uh, diminishing, diminishing returns, returns jinx. obviously, but it it still made it still made money. I'm yeah. sure. And this one, like uh, to go to show you probably how little this one's going to make. Um, we were trying to go see it in the movie theaters today, but there wasn't a time that was lining up. And then when I was looking up the theater, uh, it said or uh, rent digitally at home, and I was like, this movie just came out. So uh, we just watched it on the couch, yeah, the, um, which was probably the better option. <laughs> My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 came out September of 2023. 34, 35, we'll round up, $35 worldwide. So uh, even less than throughout the whole thing. So yeah. absolutely. Well, I'm really glad. Uh, yeah. I'm- I'm really glad everyone tuned in this week to episode 444 of Superhero you know, Slate so they could get an update on the, the yeah. Greekiverse. Yeah, so let me go ahead and tell you what I saw this week, Mike, because I didn't put in the notes here. I went and saw Wicked, the play, for the first time. Oh, yeah, I saw your Insta post. Because I've never seen Wicked. Have you seen Wicked, Mike? No, I feel like... Oh, this feels like something that I figured you and your wife would have seen. No, so. I feel like Wicked is something that I'm sure I would enjoy watching, but it almost feels something that like has existed for so long. If you come across like a theater nerd, right, they'd be mm-hmm. like, 
they'd almost be like, oh, it's like way too mainstream to like it anymore. Oh, but I would still like. To I don't. See it. I don't. I didn't feel that at all. I felt. I felt a lot of people did want to see this in this area, and it was pretty good. But I will say, um, uh, we saw it here the music or the app, the audio mixing, the the uh, the audio mixing, like hearing was some of the worst I've ever been to in a play. I could like bear, I could hear them singing, but you can't make out the words. Like you know when mm-hmm. like you you like you're paying attention, but you can't hear what they're saying. I'm like, what are you saying? So that kind of like took out a lot of like the larger like if it wasn't one person like more than one person it was just ruined uh, throughout so that sucked. However, I think this would make a great movie. A lot of people say we need a wicked well, movie, and I Chris, think this needs to be one. Chris, the second you started talking, you know, you were doing a little bit of googling on my behalf, so I did yep. a little googling on your behalf. Wicked Part One is scheduled for release November twenty seventh, two thousand twenty four. Wicked Part Two will be released November twenty sixth, twenty twenty five. Yeah, and it's got a pretty so good. It's it got a pretty good works. half. So it, it does. Um, you know, for people who don't know, this is a prequel to the Wizard of Oz, if you will. And um, the actual uh, Mike, I don't know. This is not a spoiler. This is actually very fun. The second half takes place concurrently with the Wizard of Oz. So, oh, that's fun. I know. I'm like, oh man, that thing's got to be well out of copyright by this point, right? So like, we, we're we're overdue for a Wizard of Oz movie that's not Tim Burton's. Uh, and I, I was just or no I Sam Raimi Sam Raimi. I was just about to ask you this, but I I'm on the Wikipedia page, so I have all of the information I could ever need. Uh, I was just going to ask if it was a musical or a play, and there's music in it, and yep. I'm entering the phase of my life where I love music and musicals. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll have to see yeah. if um, maybe I can go see this before it comes out as a film. Yeah. But I feel like the film is like the crib notes. That'll be like the that'll be the the cheater. I can just go see the well, movie. Well, if they're doing it in two parts, that's pretty good. That means that we're going to get full full act rather than the condensed mm-hmm. version. So uh, pretty, pretty excited about that. Do, who, who is directing it? Does it say or which company is producing it? I was, uh, I was just looking that up. Uh, John Chu is oh, going nice. to be directing. So uh, I don't see the, uh, I don't see the studio there. For some reason, it screams Warner Brothers to me, but uh-huh. I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Oh, like, that I've seen this because Ariana Grande is playing Glinda, the the Good Witch. Okay. Uh, this makes a lot more sense now that I'm looking at this. So, um, I, yeah, I, I have heard of this. I just like I've never seen it before, so it's over my. But I, I did have a good time. I think it's a good story, and I'm very excited to watch Universal. it. Universal, so. Universal Pictures. All right, that's fair. That's pretty good. I'll take that at this point. So, um, cool. Well, that was what we have, Mike. Unless you have anything else, I think. Oh, you know, I do want to say one thing. You mentioned this, and someone else. Gen V got a theatrical early release this week. Um, someone actually asked me to go while I was in Wicked. And um, the first three episodes, I believe, are on Prime. And you mentioned you're going to watch them. Yeah, I, I was I was pretty surprised. I don't know if I just wasn't being targeted by the marketing, which is very, very odd. But uh, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, Gen V's out, and we're recording the podcast in like an hour. I can't yeah. fit any of these in. Well, yeah, I didn't know it actually came out either. Um, I just knew they were doing the screen. I don't, I don't think I'm going to watch this until it's all out, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. Oh, you're going gonna to do the binge model? I don't care about spinoff shows of the shows we're currently enjoying. Are you familiar with Fear of the Walking Dead, Mike? <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I'm very familiar. <laughs> yeah, so like, I'm sure it's a good show, but like, I'm like, I would, you know, I'm, we're waiting on season four of this to drop, right? Of the boys. So like, yes, we're doing Gen V. No, the boys is not in the title. Like, yeah, and, and I'm sure it's probably well done, but I'm just gonna wait. 
to list them because I just don't care enough about a spinoff show in a world where I want to see the main well, stuff. See, well, this is what happens is I'll watch it and then I'll make you want to care about it if and it's good enough. So you just got to wait for me to get in there. The more you like it, the less I'm going to want to watch it, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm kidding. But yeah, so yeah, so anyone who's watched it, yes, we know it's out now because we just found out today. But um, we'll we'll probably come back at some point and talk about the show. Uh, I don't even know how many episodes it is. Six, eight, 13? Who knows? We'll figure it out. But let's jump into uh, a hot topic right now, and that is uh, One Piece. One Piece. Uh, first and foremost, welcome all new listeners from our review who caught our review on YouTube this week and subscribed to the show. Welcome to our regularly scheduled program where we break down comic book and superhero and anime movie news or TV news <laughs> as well on the show. Um, but One Piece has dominated Netflix's top five for the fourth week in a row. Uh-huh. Which is great. I, I I don't. This is this is not um, any surprise to me, right? Uh, or yeah, you? It, it feels like it feels like they've kind of finally um, uh, got wide enough, right? You know, yeah. they cast a larger net. Uh, I guess sailing pun, pirate mm-hmm. pun in- mm-hmm. included. Yeah, yeah. So this is good for them, right? Uh, you know, I don't know if we we're quite up to like a Stranger Things fervor just yet but you know you got to build on it right well, the first the I'm, first season of game of thrones yeah. didn't control the universe the first season of stranger things was a was applauded but it was a it was yeah, a, bit of like a slow well, viral growth yeah know? well i would also say one piece has the things that those don't and that's well i guess game of thrones had books right to kind of bolster that the the novels mm-hmm. one piece has an anime and a manga behind it to kind of bolster it and all the all the other stuff i didn't know there's a one piece card game and I guarantee you it's fully stocked at Target because the show just came out. And I, I'm like, I didn't even know they had this. Uh, but they had it there. And I'm like, oh, I know these characters on the cover of these cards now. So um, it, it felt good. But I think this is great. I'm glad more people are starting to see it. Um, you know, I, I do appreciate the people helping us fill in information about the anime in, in the, the comments. That was really funny. Yeah. And I, uh, I, pe- people who said that, yeah, I would not rate this show with any violence at all, uh, <laughs> based f- to, to tell my in-laws that there's no, there's no violence in the show. Yeah, I feel like the real true test, obviously, you know, without saying, is going to be the second season, and it's going to be the energy that's leading up to it, right? You know, everybody was a little trepidatious with this first season dropping. You know, we didn't know which way it's going to go. So now it's going to be, does the audience return season two? And it seems like, yeah, no-brainer, Mike. Why wouldn't people watch the second season? There's a surprising number of things on Netflix that I have enjoyed that equally surprisingly got a second season that I just never went back and mm-hmm. watched. And I suppose, you know, I could be a part of the problem there with things not getting renewed. But, like, uh, we loved the first season of Lock and Key. Yep. Never got around to watching the second season of Lock and Key, just for one example. And I feel like now is kind of the – the cozy season where yeah. it would really uh, well, really pay off, but you can't get complacent, yeah. right? These shows they can't rest on their laurels. They can't get complacent. And I will point out uh, a very divisive episode of Stranger Things season two called "The Lost Sister," and that's the one where they had like the mini X Men episode that oh, some people yeah, were like up right. in arms over. I had I enjoyed it because I was like, oh, I love that. You know, this is X Men, right? For me, um, so you know, not every second season is also a hit, uh, and, and but you know. The, the Duffer brothers and the, and the team on, you know, Stranger Things were able to come back for season three and even better four and hopefully finish off pretty strong with five. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. They, they, they can't afford to swing and miss right on this stuff because this is a very expensive show, uh, it looks mm-hmm. like. And we, we have a lot to catch up on. Um, Ooh, apparently, can I, can I? Yeah, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, can I segue us into our, our next topic? I, well, I would love you to, because this is part of it as well, um, actually. Yeah, so go ahead and give us get us into the next topic, man. Yeah, I would just love to say, speaking of money and financials, the writer's strike has finally been yes. solved, I guess. Well, uh, preliminary, concluded, preliminary. Uh, just, just so everyone knows um, that, yes, the writer's guild has a preliminary agreement with the American mm-hmm. Motion Picture in something AMPTP, whatever it stands for, <laughs> yeah, theaters and something uh, to resolve a strike, and the board has also voted to let members go back to work with a big caveat, right? Mike, what's that caveat? Yeah, uh, the the caveat is uh, that last week we were fast and furiously on Google trying to figure out, uh, <laughs> well, when are they actually back in the room? Right. Yeah. Uh, so we, we were looking back at like historical data. Like I was trying to dig up articles from the writer strike from 28 from 2008. It, but I, all of them, all of them focused on when the when the the strike, when there was a tentative agreement reached. Right. Yeah. But but really what you're looking for legally is when the contract is ratified. And that's when everyone in the guild gets a chance to look at it and vote on it and all the members agree and then you know it's finally ratified but what we found out pretty quickly last week is that there's kind of like this there's this nebulous gray area in the middle where the strike is um, concluded and the picketing is concluded and everyone can get back to work under mm-hmm. kind of like the guise of like oh we we we're pretty much certain that we're going to come to an agreement here but like you know don't you know don't go do anything too crazy just yet yeah. give it like a week or two yeah it, you can go back to work however there is a vote coming i believe october 2nd through the 5th for the members to vote on that uh essentially make this agreement truth like law right like mm-hmm. hey this is what our new agreement is and things could you know obviously if it was a bad agreement um you know, they could vote in the other direction and, they, you know, it wouldn't stick. And then obviously you stop working. But, um, you know, it, it, this seems to be a good agreement. It seems to be in the favor of the, the writers uh, with a lot of their sticking points kind of solved. A lot of things on, you know, AI writing and, and accreditation accreditation uh-huh. to what an AI, you, know, you can't, a studio can't tell you to go, here's an idea, go write with AI or if the idea starts with AI, you they they can't get story credit or something. There's some really cool stuff in there if you read yeah. it. Yeah, but they, they can't they can't claim if like a an executive goes in and uses Chat GPT to like output a paragraph for an idea of a story. Yeah, they can pay a writer to adapt that paragraph, but it won't be an adaption. It'll be the writer's original work. So yeah. really like, and I've, I've heard um, some people kind of try to philosophize, you know, around these AI tools online. And, and some people are saying, maybe the best way to look at these tools is like they're calculators, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, we can't undo the calculator. We can't destroy it and pretend it didn't existed, right? But like you can't do, you can't, put in like two plus two equals four and, and claim, you know, the calculator has ownership over yeah. that number four. Right. Right. So I, th- yeah. Th- this is a great start. Yeah, exactly. And, and honestly, you know, we, I've used those tools to help me do some things, um, not necessarily work really, but like, you know, speed things up. And I'm sure you have too, Mike in, in your time. And I just mess with them. But the, the best part of this is now that the strike has kind of, um, come is moving towards a resolution quickly that, uh, SAG and after are now meeting with them looking, um, or this starting this week to have those conversations with, cause they had a lot of similar sticking points, right? Likeness mm-hmm. and AI use, uh, of their, of those characters. So, um, we, I feel pretty confidently by the end of October, 
maybe early November, both of these strikes will um, hopefully be resolved in their favor. Yeah. And if you're, if no one out there is just too familiar with just production cycles or just like the ebbs and flow of just like the yearly calendar, unfortunately, since a lot of this is kind of wrapping up towards the end of the year, a lot of like studios and production companies are probably still going to call the rest of the year a wash, right? At least with like new projects and new things getting off the ground, right? Obviously, things right now that are in the writing phase will get back to work. And then when the yeah. actors are done, things that were posted post, you know, paused in the middle, we'll be able to get back to work. Uh, but we probably won't be hearing a lot of announcements of brand new stuff until the new year comes along. But I think when the new year does come along, it's going to be fast. It's going to be furious. We're going to have like tons of announcements of a ton of things. Like it's going to be a really, really, really busy start to 2024. Yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously anything that was currently in production will probably pick back up fairly quickly mm -hmm. um i don't have it in here but like deadpool 3 right we know it was filming once that that filming is back ryan reynolds can actually start writing again um if he wants to right uh or the that crew can and once they start they can start filming again but some of the projects resuming immediately include um things we talk about all the time last of a season two one piece season two stranger things season five things that are not in front of the camera yet can still work to mike's point through the end of the year right things mm -hmm. that we know they're that are happening so um I, th I think this is a big win for everybody i'm glad you know it has, it's it's sad that it has historically been so long but these are some pretty good uh i would say safety nets for writers right at the end of yeah. the day and um yeah, go ahead. I think one of my favorite uh, tidbits that came out of this, because I was listening to uh, some podcasts where some of the uh, members of the negotiating committee were kind of out there doing like their uh, doing their press line. And one was obviously the probably one of the second bigger headlines is the streaming residuals have finally been negotiated, something that historically just straight up has not existed. So now the 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 guild will finally receive performance numbers from these streaming individuals. And I feel like they were probably a little less pained in handing over numbers since they're going to kind of have to start proving viewership to advertisers since mm -hmm. all of these platforms are getting ad supported um, tiers on there. So, you know, they just had to come to it, uh, 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 just come up, come to the idea of like, oh, we're going to have to start it, releasing numbers out there into the world. Well, and also, you know, one of the, the things is, you know, uh, the, the previous Bob at Disney is being sued by shareholders because they weren't releasing real streaming numbers either, right? Like real yeah. membership numbers. So like, obviously it's not just the writers. It's not just the actors. It's not just the advertisers. It's everybody needs to be held accountable. And with mm -hmm. the, I, like I, I've mentioned the streaming bubble bursting, this is something that is going to be, you know, it's going to be just, they're, we're going to know they're, they're, they're going to yeah. know and, and it'll eventually get to us eventually. But yeah. I, I think, yeah. this, I think this is uh, great yeah. for everybody, Mike. And, and yeah. hopefully and the, you're going to see more of that in, in your area since you're out in, in that part of town yeah and the great thing about whenever you add something kind of like brand new something that's never existed before into a bargaining agreement the great thing about it is now you can improve on it over time so if they felt like they didn't quite get the percentage of residuals that they negotiated this time along uh, but it, the framework exists now. So now in three years, when they go back to the negotiating table, bam, now it's very simple to the point of just like, well, let's just slightly bump these numbers up. Yeah. Three years later, we'll bump these up. So it's just great. They, they did a lot of hard work to just create brand, just brand new yeah. revenue streams for writers. And so you, this will be great. And you bring up a good point. What people don't know is there is negotiations going on 
well in between every strike we've ever heard. Strikes mm-hmm. are just when they, they, they there are no more options, right? Like there are negotiations and, and pay increases and other things. But whenever something so drastically needs to change the framework of the agreement, that's when we get to the strike level, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there will be more agreements, more pay. Like we're not stuck at this for the next, you know, 20 years. Uh, things will come along. So, so hopefully they can resolve those quickly without that. All right, let's shift some gears, Mike. Let's talk about some fun things. Bethesda, are you familiar with the company, video game company Bethesda, if you will? Yeah, they um, they make all of those uh, kind of like role like uh, like first person role playing games. Yes, yeah, Skyrim uh, would be one, right? Like uh, you know, or um, what's it called? Did they, uh, did they do Baldur's Gate? No, they didn't do Baldur's Gate. That's somebody else. Okay. So um, Fallout, uh, Elder Scrolls, um, you know. Uh, they've also worked on Doom, the newer Doom games. Uh, Starfield, which just launched, right? Uh, that's, mm-hmm. So um, they are also, reports are they are working on a game, and quote, unquote, under the Disney banner, Mike. Uh, and they, they make quality games. They make some real high quality games. So this is very excited for, for this to know. Now, they are also still working on an Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones game. Why did that come out weird? Indiana Jones game um, that was announced several years ago, and this is not that game. That is not under there. So um, I was going to ask you, uh, if you know Disney, huge, huge, big, big banner here. But I'm going to assume it's not Marvel, it's not Lucasfilm, it's not Pixar, it's just straight Disney. What Disney property would go to a Bethesda that you would play like a like an like an RPG? Yeah, I mean, like, would you? I mean, do you just automatically assume that we're leaning towards like more? adult or mature content and if so like do you just kind of like rule out maybe all of the animated stuff and try to think what else do they have ownership over yeah mm-hmm. the fact that like the the rumor like you said is around disney yeah it's probably not like marvel especially since they already have a lot of these games marvel. announced already and marvel has a games banner right they probably wouldn't say disney mm-hmm. games uh for that um i will yeah, say i'm trying they're, trying to think of what it could be, to be honest. So they, this company, um, Bethesda, has previously worked on the Pirates of the Caribbean games in the early 2000s. Okay. So when you mentioned Dark, you know, uh, there's a lot of things with pirates going on lately out there. Uh, Microsoft even owns, um, well, there's a C game they have that's been out for, for forever, and I forget what it's called. It's a pirate game. So do you think maybe it could be a, a Pirates of the Caribbean style RPG, maybe? I mean, I would think if you if you were um, a company that maybe wanted to synergize with the release of a video game and another property, we do know that there's been uh, you know uh, bubblings of another pirates probably like reboot or relaunch or something in that vein. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing started production, right? So maybe if they got started on a game, maybe by the time a movie comes out, there could be yeah. something to see. That would be kind of cool. Now it gets my, it gets my head spinning of like other, like is there, maybe it could be like a jungle cruise game or like, right. what you know, what other park rides could possibly be turned into yeah. maybe space mountains space. Yeah. Space mountains leans into Starfield. Now I would say one of the cool things I would love to see if they stayed under Disney and leaned into animation and maybe not R rated, maybe not dark, but like maybe a, you know, kind of like you know how they're they're mixing and matching all their Disney stuff with the Lorcana card game and the tw- uh, was a D- uh, Dreamlight they have like a, Valley. They have game. A, they also have like something called like Mirrorverse. Too. Mirrorverse, yeah. So like, what if it's more of a hey, you you know, um, a, a Kingdom Hearts, right? So maybe it's more of a bigger mismatch of the Disney world. 
uh, somehow, and you're like, you know, it's a it's a first person RPG rather than a turn based RPG like Kingdom Hearts in like the larger Disney lore. I guess, yeah, I, I, I suppose maybe it could be. Who maybe they're even like adapting like Lorcana, you know, that's yeah. kind of exploded. It had a lot of buzz even before they you could even buy the cards. So mm-hmm. maybe they kind of looked at that and said, hey. Maybe we turn that into a game, but I, yeah. I don't know. I've never considered myself a, a video game expert right. uh, by any means. Uh, I'm still <laughs> working my way through uh, Tears of the Kingdom. I just mm-hmm. figured out how to launch a glowing arrow so I can see uh, in the caves under Hyrule, which I, I felt like I should have known how to do that hours ago. Uh, but yeah, I've never really played a Bethesda game either, so I'm a little yeah. I played that. a little Starfield. I had, had a really bad experience with Skyrim, where my game just glitched the entire time at the opening, so I never went back. Um, but but yeah, they make really really dense games, so maybe you know we could get some. If anyone wants to throw out any ideas for some Bethesda Disney banner games, I would love to know what everyone is thinking. But no, it's not Marvel. Let's talk about Marvel for a minute here. We uh, Marvel's Avengers anime, which came out in 2017, 2016, I believe, is starting to stream for free on YouTube, Mike. Uh, which, um, one, A, is weird, because why would it be on YouTube and not on Disney Plus? But then I'm like, well, wait, maybe they don't want to pay residuals on Disney Plus and they can advertise on, on YouTube. So maybe that's why it's going here. Uh, but all 39 episodes of this show will be released weekly on YouTube uh, throughout uh, through most of 2024 as well. Yeah, I'm always very curious with YouTube strategies for like big companies, right? Because uh, it's it's always pretty obvious when it comes to small creators, right? You know, they probably make the lion's mm-hmm. share of their revenue off of YouTube, or that's where all of their audiences. So it makes sense for them to be releasing stuff on there, right? Or even if maybe they're they're from another platform like Twitch. It makes sense to move your video over to YouTube at some point in time, right? With like a big company, it's just like, well, what, I guess it's just comes down to what ad rates that they can negotiate just on their own behalf because we do know that um, you can negotiate better ad rates if you're like a bigger company or a bigger studio. You don't just have to rely on kind of like the built-in ad tools. So maybe... You know, they're kind of like waving their big Disney D around and be like, hey, we got this this uh, Marvel property and we got a bunch of ad advertisers to sync up yeah. next to it. I don't know. I only bring this up because there's this uh, there's this comedy TV show kind of variety show that I've been wanting to watch called Taskmaster which yes. is like a UK-based show, which is um, not unlike what they're doing on Dropout with Game Changer, which I have been binging and loving. It's so good, but, uh, isn't it? Game Changer oh is so God. fun. It's it's so amazing. It's You, you got to go watch it. I mean, like, Dropout, like, costs, like, no, like, no money at all. Uh, and, like, you'll just be – it's like – Millennial whose line is it anyway is like the easiest way to describe it, but it's just so much better than that in my opinion. Uh, but anyway, Taskmaster, their newest season, which you know is a British show, usually kind of walled off from Americans, right? Is just they're adding the episodes weekly to their YouTube channel. So maybe this is a sign that like did the YouTube algorithm change recently? Are they paying out more to creators to like compete with TikTok more than usual? I don't know. But maybe that's why it's landing on YouTube. Maybe just the math, you know, lined up right. Or I think maybe the more obvious answer is what you said, Chris, right? It's just like uh, we got to put it someplace and we don't really want to pay too much money to people that have made it for us. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, as as a a channel who's put out weekly content for uh, almost nine years now, 
you know, this is how you do it, right? You 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 maintain consistency. People come back, they they check in. So this is great. I, I think for people who don't know, Marvel's Avengers anime was produced by Madhouse, the company that does One Punch Man and Death Note. So this isn't like a second rate anime either, right? Or like a, a like some company that's never made anime before. So it, it's pretty good. It's it's dubbed in English, I believe. It also might have. Um, I think you can change the language maybe to. Um, Japanese with subtitles if you want, but um, I, I think this is great. I'm looking forward to uh, downloading them all when I'm done, Mike, and watching them, or at least having hey, my repository for what I want to. The bonus, because I'm just kind of clicking through the first episode on YouTube. Uh, uh, YouTube has that heat map right on the timeline, so I'm just like clicking. I'm just like clicking around to like all of like the the peaks and valleys. Like, oh no, I'm seeing Captain America. Uh, uh, yeah. And when they when they appear on the screen, they get like a lower third that like shows their mm-hmm. name. So uh, in in um, in honor of you, Mike, I'm actually downloading Taskmaster right now in the background for you. So we can... oh my gosh, you, you know what? Because because here's the thing coming true. It, it is it is fall, and fall brings the Great British Baking Show that we both didn't. Oh talk my about gosh, the top how the do show. we not? How do we not talk about that at the top of the show? <laughs> I don't know. Be, it's, been yeah, it's been a long week. Yeah, it's been a long week. We're introducing a new segment right now. Okay. Great British Bake I'm Off. Putting it in the notes. Uh, I, Chris, I want to know who your early favorites are. I don't expect you to know any of their names. So just use any sort of identifying uh, uh, appearance or quirk about them. My favorite, I know his name. I know his name, but he he wore a Star Wars shirt when I first saw him. And I said, that's my man. Do you know who that one was? No. His name uh, is Dan, and he won the baker. Oh, he wore a a Star Wars shirt in that first episode? Oh, I didn't catch it. I just remembered, like, about halfway through the episode, I was like, why is everybody wearing blue? He Well, like, he, he wore it, it in, in, the, in, the, in the, the video where they do the, the vignette of who oh. they are. He wore he had on a Death Star shirt. Oh, I must have not have caught yeah. it there. But, yeah, Dan's great. He's yep. got that positive kind of, like, Scientific uh, mentality. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, we always talk about the archetypes on Bake Off, yep. and I feel like they did a good job matching the archetypes this yeah. year uh, as well. Um, Can I say who my, my least favorite is? Who's your least Maddie, favorite? Maddie, because he can't make buttercream frosting. Which, like, uh, what, what, what animal did Maddie make? That, this is how I remember. Oh, well, he, he, he made a dog, uh, like everyone else. Oh, yeah, he, made the, made, he, made the, made. he made the square dog that looked like it got ran over. Oh yeah, it was supposed weird. to be black, and it came out gray. And they're like, "That's not oh. black." Well, the the best way to describe he's the young architect. He's the he's very like the young. He's the he's the young one of the young two. One of, the youngest yeah. one is the 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 um the one who worked in the library, uh with the with, one with the the cochlear implant. Uh no, not her. There's there's another guy who's younger. Um he he was pretty well, but yeah yeah. Episode one is a very much a cluster of who's who. If you're not like really. You oh, yeah, you can't, like, I mean, normally I try not to be on my phone when I watch Bake Off because it's like, a, it's like it's like a cleanse for me. It's like going into, like, a sauna or something like that. But you definitely can't do it on the first episode because, like, they're quick cutting left and right. You got to, yeah. like, catch in on all these people, who they are. And, like, if you blink for a second, you'll, you will have missed internalizing that face. And you have to internalize every face so you yeah. can, like, have stakes when they send somebody home or give somebody <laughs> yeah, a Yeah, but, but when, you, when you ask what did he make at the end, well, half of them made so that really didn't help anybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my wife and I really like the woman who made the sea turtle at the end. She's really, really mm. nice. She just seems like a really – she's got really nice mom energy, which yeah. I like. Um, and also, like, 
uh, we enjoyed the 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 woman that has the 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 sign language translator yes. is like so interesting because like we're trying to figure out if she's wearing colored contact lenses because her so eyes are blue. even bluer than yeah. Paul High, which is amazing. And yeah. I'm so surprised it didn't come up in the first episode the fact right. that her eyes are insanely blue. Yeah. And then also like there's never been an interpreter in the tent before, yeah. and I just think that's really interesting. And I don't want the interpreter to go anywhere, so we're right. kind of rooting for her on that end. But she made a really good Robin there yeah. at the end so i think she kind of earned her Saved keep herself. there with the I, with the piping work there. i can't remember the guy who lost but i kept saying his sinbad i kept calling him sinbad um but because um, he looks like sinbad he had the earring uh um, oh yeah he did have an earring yeah i'm like oh it's sinbad and and uh, my wife's like who, who i'm like sinbad the the actor he had that movie uh kazam in the 90s yeah, where he's a magician yeah. and she's like what i'm like no that's a joke but yeah i, I don't feel uh, yeah I, I i i'm enjoying it this is such a great show because it's so positive it's so mm. ex- exciting i believe the lady who made the turtle did she get the hug from paul hollywood in this yes episode? she got a hug because she looks she was like nervous so and she, she is so terrified looking in there um but I, I i'm this is just a show we get it here early on tuesdays when i, I download from the uk i think it comes out fridays on netflix um, mm-hmm. But boy, the Great Great British Bake Off, Great British Baking Show, whatever you call it, it is just a fun show all around. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to be out next weekend for the podcast because I'm going to be over there in yeah. their neck of the woods, and I'm just like, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss Bake Off for a week, yeah. uh, and I'm like a little, a little bummed about you, it. But I didn't even think of, I should look up and see if there's been any contestants in the past uh-huh. that are in the areas that we're visiting to see yeah. if they've opened like any. Stores, bakeries. Yeah, I don't know what the percentage of success is because I know if they if they get popular, if they get further enough along, they almost always get cookbook deals, right? Which is great. But I feel like far few of them open up physical locations. This is American Idol for for people who who bake in in Britain. uh, Essentially, Mm. you're gonna get you're gonna get like a song or two deal out of it, but only the popular (laughs) ones really get the albums. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, figure it out. If not, Mike, you you've got my hookup. My 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 bandwidth is international, so help yourself too, to oh, whatever thank, you need. Thank, thank God. Yeah, come back with an accent. I want to come back. I want you to come back with your best British accent. <laughs> oh God, me. no, it'd be so bad. All right, all right. We're gonna shift gears. Loki season one is on Blu-ray coming out uh, this week. Mine's in the mail uh, to come to me uh, for the 4K. And there have been. Uh, I, I didn't link it here, but I will link it later. I don't know if you saw the, the, the cut scene where Throg uh, comes up into a, the coronation scene with Loki and interrupts it. Uh, it's like half animated, half non-animated, but it's the frog oh, Thor no. with the hammer. Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's pretty cool. Um, it, you know, it, Like I mentioned, there are some cool um, scenes that they, they're not you know putting into the, the movies, but uh, they did release that somewhere. I've got to go find it. Um, it's, it's pretty Just- entertaining. I'm just so I'm just so happy for uh, Loki to return. Inconvenient timing when I'm going on vacation, but I will be happy to dive back into it. I've just been I've been really craving some premium, just like mm-hmm. Marvel storytelling for well, a while. Right. Uh, th- this is something that we don't have to worry about anything but the previous season. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything else is kind of going. It's, it's doing its own story. It looks good. It's high concept. I like high concept. Our other stuff has been very not high concept, uh, and I think it's going to be be great. And I'm I'm excited that they're releasing these shows on on home release. I know that sounds weird because they're meant for streaming, but I love to have them on my shelf when I'm looking at my MCU timeline. Um, and you know, Loki and WandaVision, two shows that really I think deserve that because I think they deserve 
you know, credit, you know, we haven't come back to them since 2021, right? Or so, um, to revisit these shows and take a look at them again. Mm-hmm. And I see you're looking at the, the, the video right now. Yeah, I'm trying to find no, the timestamp I think where I you see said, the frog. I think I, th- I, think I, th- I, think I, the, I think I linked the wrong one here. Um, but, yeah, I, I will find the right link here in a second and uh, send it over. But um, literally, it's it's like, you know, whenever you see those. Um, um, I like seeing the half-rendered Asgard. <laughs> it's yeah, really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so let me see here. Um, let's see here. I'm going to find it here in a second. It was also voiced by Chris Hemsworth, which is which is really funny. Oh, here it is. So I'm, it's, I'm going to officially put it in the show notes uh, now so you guys can can see it uh and and mike can watch it here for for his live but uh while you watch i'm gonna talk mike i'll i'll, I'll spin some some lyrics yes here. vamp vamp for me um throg is very interesting uh he is a again a frog variant of thor i believe from the uh animal avengers line, like spider ham and peter porker um i know these are like you know obviously pig ones but they're, they're not you know pig one like they're all not all pigs i forget what dr strange is um but like alligator loki we saw alligator loki and then we have frog thor uh commonly referred to as throg in these uh, i wasn't so. expecting kind of like this comedic like um like time time freeze uh snapshot this this is pretty funny i wish they would have left that in the show yeah so and throg was already in episode five uh shown trapped in a jar in the first in the first season so Mm-hmm. Um, he did have a couple of scenes, but yes, absolutely. I'm excited to do that. Season two drops this week. Mike, we get a double dose of uh, the final episode of Ahsoka and the first episode of Loki season two this week. So, um, and best part, guess what? It comes out on Thursday before you leave. So you're going to get a go on your trip. Nice. Thinking about Loki. So fantastic. If Mike's thumbnail that he created didn't give it away, we're going to talk about Wakanda, the show. And this Black Panther spinoff series we've not talked about in a long time, which is being produced by Ryan Coogler, is now rumored, highly rumored, to be an animated show, Mike. Mm-hmm. And this has been revealed by Marvel Studios. They have founded multiple production companies for different things. And one of them is called uh, a company called Maglev Train, and it's working on Golden City. And these are all essentially working titles and fake companies. Well, Maglev Train is a reference to the trains in Wakanda right and golden city is the city of wakanda so this is a rumor that the show we never really got a confirmation if it was live action no one ever said anything but with you know production being ceased and probably uh cost being saying hey we gotta make these things cheaper for our streaming show that's our streaming service that's losing money uh this is probably what they're gonna do with it so yeah i'm kind of along the same uh a line of thought when it comes to cost saving, right? But I'm gonna, I'm in a man, I'm a man of two perspectives on this, right? You know, the animated version of this show is obviously going to be cheaper to make than producing the live action one. But the thing that I never got really from any of these previous Black Panther movies was a decent look at Wakanda, right? You know, we see throne rooms. We usually get like one exterior shot of like a market or something, and that's about it. We don't really know how Wakandans really live day to day. We didn't. It was just all extremely surface level, right? So I was looking forward to a show so we could kind of dive into it a little bit, right? So um, at least in an animated environment, right, they should theoretically be able to produce all of the 
like virtual sets that they want to produce for this so that could be cool but uh, unfortunately just the sheer fact that now it's animated means it's already been kind of knocked down a few levels in prestige right which you know i don't necessarily agree with right but you've are automatically just removed a certain percentage of audience that's just not going to tune in purely because Mm -hmm. it's animated right and that's just unfortunately the truth about it right but i think we could have a little bit more range of storytelling now that it's animated right and i think one of the the other things as well with animation like you mentioned you can do a lot more is you know it, it this would be if if so would this be our first in canon live action series at this point because what if is not uh spider-man is not um what was the other one that's coming out uh, marvel zombies like- is not you know, this yeah, would be like, and and I am Groot is live action animation, so I'm not going to count that. So is this like the first animated portion of this? Um, yeah. the MC- and I and I and I would almost be worried that if it didn't perform very well, either through the audience or critically, they would just go ahead and say it's not part of the canon, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know they have that ability. You know, if it's live action, they have to commit to it being part of the story in the universe, but. Once it's animated, I feel like it's just yeah. one hand wave away from being removed from the official MCU timeline next yeah. publication, right? Yeah, and I don't know if I again I don't think I'm not I'm not I'm not cynical enough like you might to say that it's gonna be bad, but like you know, it's just one of those things like, oh, this is just supplementary. You're supposed we, to be even more cynical than me today because your wisdom teeth yeah. are battling inside your mouth. It, You're supposed to be angry at everything. I, I, I normally I would be, Mike, and I'm just I'm just channeling through it here. <laughs> um, but I, I think you know, it's just one of the things like most people maybe this. Oh, this is just supplementary material. We don't need to watch it, kind of thing. And that would be you know remiss. But hopefully they can show us what Wakanda is and then give us a bitter bigger vision of the. I guess that maybe the country as a whole, the history the, through the years, and then how it's operating today. So we'll, we'll keep you posted. If we find anything else out about that, New York Comic Con is this week, and they might be able to announce some of the stuff, Mike, as they kind of get closer mm-hmm. um, with that. The Marvels movie uh, certainly currently on track for November release and now has secured a China release date, uh, which is uh, – we I don't think we've had one in a while, a movie for one of Marvel or Disney that's been in China. So, yeah, well, it definitely helps that all of the, um, uh, I guess, espionage is going to be galactic, right? Mm-hmm. That's helpful. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember if Guardians Volume 3 got a Chinese release, but I'm sure uh, animal rights could have been something that could have been a stickler. I, I, I'm just guessing. I'm just trying to think of things that could have been politically charged you know, mm-hmm. in previous uh, um, feature films. But, yeah, I guess when you go to space, just all entirely, maybe the, the themes are a little bit easier to get across there with the sensors. Yeah, I'm going to pull it up here on the numbers, Mike, because we can do that here. China China did have a – Guardians did have a Chinese box office. And nice. it came with $845 million. So um, pretty pretty good. What was the other movie that – is that the last Marvel movie we had? Um, I think it was, wasn't it? Wow, I'm trying to remember. It's, yeah, that was the beginning of the summer. I guess Spider-Man. Um, international. Um, yep, yep. Uh, Ant-Man did too. So I guess I'm wrong. I thought more more movies had not gotten a China release date. 
but this is great for them. Uh, this movie is also clocking in the shortest MCU movie date time to date with one hour and 45 minutes with credits, Mike. Hey, that's only 15 minutes longer than my Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. Uh, yeah. So, uh, But I have a feeling I'm going to be able to stomach this one a lot better. Yeah, word is uh, that this movie just jumps out the gate and goes uh, simply because mm-hmm. we've been primed with uh, Miss Marvel, right? So uh, we, we, we know the characters, we know, and I guess in WandaVision, so we know the characters, we know so they can just jump in and go. They don't have to spend a lot of time introducing us to everybody. So um, I would you know say if you've not watched Miss Marvel... And WandaVision, by this point, you probably should to understand at least uh, two-thirds of the characters in mm-hmm. the Marvels. Uh, and, and you'll have a good time with those. So they should go pretty pretty quick with that. But I'm excited for this, Mike. Um, a good, brisk movie that doesn't waste any time. That's what we need these days. So uh, we'll cross our fingers on that. Uh, big news in the X-Men realm. Uh, Marvel Studios says they're going to begin... Uh, their search slash taking pitches from writers for the X-Men franchise. Chris, here's our time. Yes. we got to get in there. We'll, 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 we'll whip up a pitch doc. Yeah. And I don't know who we send it to. Like, is it just like Feige at dear, Disney.com? <laughs> <laughs> dear, dear Mr. Kevin. Uh, yes. Uh, we, uh, we have a, we have a, do we have a pitch I'll, for you? I'll see if I can find his favorite uh, restaurants out here in town. And I'll mm-hmm. just like. Uh, try to drop pitches into his uh, Dude, into his uh, I think if car. We, I'll, if I'll we bribe hang, the valet. If we hang out at Lids long enough, you think he'll stop by to get a hat? <laughs> uh, I feel like yeah. I think he. I feel like he's got a guy at Lids somewhere okay. that's doing some custom embroidery on his hats. Okay, we might need to go bribe that guy then to, to get us get us in here. But um, yeah, so uh, obviously uh, this means you know there's no going to be decision till the top of 2024. With production and, you know, obviously director searching. I mean, this is looking like a late 2025 movie, 2026 movie. So um, it's either going to, they're either going to pop up in, uh, you know, Secret Wars, or this might be one of the first movies after Secret Wars, Mike, right? When they do that quote unquote reboot, if you will, the soft yeah, reboot. I ke- yeah, I keep seeing, uh, I keep seeing little fancy photoshopped Instagram tiles in my Explorer feed. Of oh this will be a reboot of the Marvel Universe after Secret Wars you know so at least the internet's running with the with the with the rumor yeah. or the, uh, the idea the soft theory you know yeah so um yeah and, and obviously we we've all been proven wrong before but this is very exciting to know that they're working on it right um, with X Men ninety seven coming out soon uh, a lot of Funkos and and like merch coming out um uh, one of our uh, ladies I work with had on a uh, x-men 97 shirt the other day and i'm like is that she's like yeah i love watching it as a kid with my brother i'm like let me look at that and i'm like oh this is the new artwork because you can tell because uh, uh storm has her mohawk and um what's her name uh not 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 dazzler jubilee has her more asian um descent look to her like right in the artwork so i'm like oh this is the new stuff so we are like on the cusp of new x-men content mike and and that, that theme song, that classic X-Men animated theme song that we all crave. All right, we're going to shift over gears into the DCU land. Uh, this week, James Gunn has revealed which four actors who will carry over, continue from the DCEU to the DCU. And those four are probably no surprise to you, Mike. Um, and we're not surprised to me, but Blue Beetle and the actor... Uh, I'm going to butch his name. Uh, Jolo Meridueno. Meridueno. 
John Cena as Peacemaker, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, and Freddie Stroma as Vigilante. Yeah, I mean, uh, not surprised to see uh, John Cena sticking around. I mean, from the Blue Beetle perspective, that's strong. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's almost an official statement that the movie performed well enough to keep yeah. that portion of the franchise moving forward. So that's good. But it makes me wonder, like, you know, does that mean whenever we see James Gunn's um, version of Batman, he's technically a fascist because yeah. uh, George Lopez called him one uh, in the movie? I don't know. I guess he has to canonically exist already. Yeah. But who knows? I've also seen like well, James Gunn. James Gunn, I think, also officially said that it doesn't necessarily mean that version of them is carrying mm-hmm. over. Yeah. I think he's tweeted that. Yeah. Well, the next line is that he has said that the DC you canon canonically starts with creature commandos and Superman legacy. So yes, blue beetle, the movie may not carry over some portions will, especially the actor slash character, but that doesn't mean again, that line will be either right. Or any of the, the other pieces, George Lopez may not come with them. We don't know. Yeah, that's true. So maybe just the fact that the character has been onboarded already, you know, when the next time we meet Blue Beetle, he's, you know, a fully fledged uh, hero already. And they don't really need to hearken back to what happened in his movie, which is a bit unfortunate because his movie kind of did end a little bit of a of a cliffhanger. But who knows? I I mean, the funniest part about all of these, like kind of like James Gunn drops online is always just go into the replies, find the Zack Snyder fanboys, And they still, they still cannot accept the fact that, that the world has moved on from uh, their gritty uh, take in the Snyderverse. And it's just like, man, there's no help in these people anymore. I think we've, I think we have filtered more and more as every week, every year, you know, goes by, you know, more have dropped off the bandwagon. So now it's just like the extremists left, right? Yeah. Just the, just the, the nutso people that have, you know, just random, like they're playing with their Barbies and, (laughs) and, and, and having hard, hard obsessions with Zack Snyder's. Yeah, but I, I I get a lot of joy out of that. Just seeing yeah. these people uh, break down of just like, oh, yeah. and it, it'll be it'll be nice, obviously, if Superman Legacy and also to a lesser extent Creature Commandos is insanely good, effective, uh, smash breakout hit. Everyone likes it, and it just can't be denied anymore. And then maybe maybe finally the uh, Snyderheads will uh, sit down. Yeah, I doubt it. Um, but <laughs> but you know. You at least know where to find them, I guess. Now they're a little more. They're not spending money on those airplanes, um, but you know th- these are four strong characters. You know, uh, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. I believe was she in the first movie? Was she in Man of Steel? I believe. Oh, that's a good question. I feel like she wasn't cast until um, the first Suicide Squad. No, she like. she was Batman v Superman for sure. Um, she was? I'm was she, like, sure. at the end of it? Was she, like, in a post credit scene? I thought she was part of the people talking about Batman. Um, let me see here. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to yeah. look her up. I mean, I guess I really didn't bring up... I mean, to me, like, Viola Davis, obviously an amazing actor, uh, brings a presence to the screen every time that she's on it. But to me, I just feel like the Amanda Waller character, I've just really haven't really fallen in love with the, with any interpretation that I've seen on screen. Right. 
you know, obviously, like, uh, like she's badass and, like, she's commanding the room. But, like, I feel like there's so much stigma around the character, her version of the character for me, just because I associate her 100% with the David Ayer Suicide Squad. And I just yeah. can't turn that off in my brain, which is unfortunate. But um, I, So, you're right. That was her first appearance. Uh, and I was thinking of the scene in that movie where they mentioned Batman. Um, yeah, that happens, like, at the end, right? Yeah, yeah. it's just maybe they – I mean, they gave her – Gunn gave her a little bit more fleshed-out story in Peacemaker, even though she wasn't in it all that much. We got yeah. to meet her daughter, so at least that yeah. kind of helped, you know, yeah. a well, little bit. I, I think, you know – I, I I actually forgot she was in the first movie, and I forget that first movie, unlike you. So I I, I said the opposite. I, th- I think she'll be fine. I think, you know, that there's no reason for uh, for them to recast her if she's doing a good job. But um, you know, if, if they wanted to, I don't think I would have complained either. If that makes sense, like I can go either way. Uh, I, I think she's a great actress, does good stuff. But I'm not strong. I don't have strong. I'm not saying restore the Viola Davis verse kind of kind of strong here. So. Um, absolutely fine. Um, and then obviously, uh, Peacemaker, Vigilante. I didn't, I didn't really expect it, but I'm at the same time I'm like that's a good call because he is the the Peacemaker foil, and was mm-hmm. a great part of Peacemaker. So, um, yeah. Hopefully, we get some release dates on Creature Commandos uh, sooner than later, Mike. And we'll report back here for everybody else. Lastly, let's lick on. Let's let's end on 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 the topic. Uh, it, it's Rick and Morty season. Uh, man chris i totally forgot about this until i saw it in the show notes and i'm like ah this should have been the featured image this would have got us clicks i should have put this in here yeah well it's not too late mike you can you can still go back so the season trailer uh, i don't know if you saw it yet or not um it is i saw it yeah yeah so it is it is revealed that uh they're using sound alikes for the show mike we've been doing a lot Mm -hmm. of recaps and reviews up here but they have decided uh, since Justin Roiland has been let go from the show due to alleged incidents earlier this year, uh, they are they use soundalikes to uh, voice over the show for season seven. And honestly, sounds pretty good. I'd yeah, say it. I, mean, I, I didn't. I was I was trying to pick apart things, but at the same time, I'm like that's not the point of this. The point of this is to enjoy the content for what it is, not if the the voice is off by just a second. Yeah, a you'll bit. get. You'll get both sides of the feud in the comments, similar to when I was talking about the the Snyder fans, right? Uh, you go into the comment section of anywhere this trailer's been posted, you're going to be hearing people saying, it's trash, it's awful. Then you'll hear people say, like, oh, it's an exact sound. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? I'm more in the camp of it sounds just like um, Justin Roiland. And I truly believe that if they did this... Um, secretly and we didn't even know that the voices have changed nobody would have picked up on it right it's just the fact that people are looking for something to change and Mm -hmm. be different and I've seen some people out there on the internet that have worked on the show for the past you know uh like five six plus seasons I've been there the whole time and they say like if you actually are a fan you would have noticed that the voice just has inherently changed on its own over, over the last couple of years, just as yeah. like the characters have evolved and, you know, the vocal performances just change. I, I, for some reason I was never expecting, and I don't know why it's obvious that two people could have been brought in to re- yeah. replace the voices. Right. For some reason, I just always assumed they were going to look for somebody that could do both. But yeah, I guess it makes more sense that you can probably find two people that can just do one really, really well. So I, 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 
I think the only thing that I've seen before, and I don't know if it's been in like an official statement, but apparently they're relatively young voice actors. They, they've not announced who it is yet, and they, they're, yeah. they're not putting that even anywhere at, at this point. So I think that's a smart idea to do that, but yeah, yeah. by not I, singling them out yet. Yeah, I would think either you keep it secret for as long as you can, or at least wait until like you're at least part way through the season, right? Until like you've kind of proved to the audience, like, yeah, this is good, and then release the voice. And I doubt the voice. This is the unfortunate part, right? You know, this is a really great break for these voice actors. This is a really, really good gig. But more than likely, it's going to be a long, long time before they're ever up on stage at yeah. a Comic Con, right? Because there's just so much turmoil. Uh, oh, around yeah. it so uh, I, I guess yeah keep it secret take the paycheck and then you know right. look for the next gig yeah uh, my favorite comment so far it's crazy how they got Jerry's voice so perfect um, <laughs> because Jerry didn't didn't change he's the same actor yeah. over time but overall the adventures look zany it looks you know like a, like a, a pretty a standard fare for Rick and Morty um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the other part is um, season, uh, people are like, yo, there's a writer strike, there's an actor strike, what's going on? Season 8 was already written and ready to be animated before the strike, so my guess is they're animating this for next year's release. And then uh, part of Season 9 was already written, but now that the strike is over, um, preliminarily, uh, they can get back to working on Season 9 as well. Because I believe they are renewed at least through Season 10 on the, on the, the episode count, so... Um, I th- I I need I I'm I'm excited to dive back into Rick and Morty, Mike, because again, as I mentioned earlier, it's very high concept show. Sometimes, I like how it pokes fun at things, and then also, you know, it's it's fun. They're not all they're not all zingers by any means, but it, it's a show that knows what it is, and I'm excited to to, to get into it. So, um, but thank God we are past the Szechuan sauce fiasco <laughs> of season what two or or three or four that they had. So. Now we just get the other sauces from McDonald's. What were those? I sent those to you earlier this week. There's two McDonald's sauces coming out. Oh, yeah. Fox. I don't even remember. <laughs> in, in case you didn't look. Um, starting October 9th, two new sauces, Sweet and Spicy Jam and Mambo. Um, Mambo. Sweet and Spicy Jam sauce is described as a jammy red pepper sauce with tongue-numbing Szechuan peppercorn kick and extra heat from cayenne pepper. And Mambo sauce is described as a tomato-based sweet and spicy vinegary sauce that's inspired by a sauce popular in Washington, D.C. So, don't know what those are. But, anyway. Sorry, that was our snacks moment for the show um, <laughs> while we get into it. But, yeah, anyway, so that's the show for this week. Mike, if people want to know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at, my friend? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can read my webcomic at liferewardsrisk.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you... Where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Valdan87, V-A-L-D-A-N, or on video game systems of the same name. We're almost a Spider-Man 2 season, Mike. I'm so excited for this. So uh, it's coming up uh, this month of October. Now people know more about the show, where where they can listen to us, where they can catch our live streams. Now that we're live streamers, where they can get all that goodie at. Well, as uh, an old-timey uh, businessman might say, you can find where we hang our hat at SuperheroSlate.com. we got an awesome upcoming release calendar. If you want to see where the current state of all the release dates of all the things that we talk about on this show are at, we got no annoying pop-up ads, no newsletter, sign-up module that's going to annoy you, no ads. 
uh, I don't even think we had to uh, conform to the um, website regulations that the UK passed because we're, we're not doing any sort of tracking yeah. or anything over there. It's just a nice tool that we like to give to everyone out there. So you can find that at SuperheroSlate.com. We're on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, mm-hmm. obviously, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to podcasts. Um, and if you want to get swag, you can go to SuperheroSlate.com slash store we love hearing from you please reach out let us know what you're watching um what you're reading what you're listening to what games you're playing yes what media you are consuming we love hearing from you and most importantly if you want to be a super fan of this show all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and we will be here every week folks parentheses asterisk i won't be here next mike week. has missed so many episodes <laughs> this week he might not get a passing grade this year is what i'm gonna tell him but anyways we will see you guys next week bye thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe